Namaste, peace, love, and healing, everyone. I hope you all are doing well. Um, I wanted to ask a question to you all. And that question is, do you want to live or do you want to be comfortable? Think about that. Do you want to live or do you want to be comfortable? And I came up with this question um, when I was making my backpacks. You know, because most people, when they plan for emergencies, they're planning for comfort. They're not really planning to live. They're planning for comfort. So they may add a bunch of items to their backpacks that will not, that is not so uh, life sustaining, but rather keeps you comfortable. You know, um, they're not really mindful of the tools that they pack now life is a journey and what you feed your spirit what work you do on yourself those are the tools the tools that you've been feeding yourself are they life sustaining or do you choose what's comfortable now life sustaining tools don't always make you comfortable, but they will keep you alive. You know, like, um, let's say the Myler blankets, the, the heavier duty ones, <laughs> not the little uh, cheap plastic ones. Um, most people would choose a bunch of blankets. Most blankets that people that are affordable are made out of some type of cotton, some type of cotton material. So people be like, oh, I'm going to take this blanket because it keeps me warm, right? Instead of the little flimsy um, Myler blanket, right? But the thing is, with cotton material, once it gets wet, it's kind of useless. Especially if the environment is cold. It's very useless. So have you been packing useless knowledge? Useless lessons have you been going through useless experiences what you put yourself through the choices that you make are they life-sustaining or is it just something you know you know this could come this could have this can deal with your job your career relationship because if it's taking energy away from you, if you're feeling drained, it's not life-sustaining. It's not life-sustaining. You're dying a slow death. A very slow, painful death. So when you make these choices for yourself, are they feeding you? Are they pouring into you? Or are they taken away from you? Most people will not make life-changing decisions because they prefer to stick to the jungle that they know. You know, even if that jungle is killing them, even if it's dangerous, whatever, they know it. They're comfortable in it. They don't want to leave it because they don't know what else is out there. And that's just the... Thing. you don't know what else is out there it could be better i was talking to my mom the other day right um 
I went and got my passport. Well, I applied for it. And I asked her, I said, you know, don't you want to get one so you can travel during the summer? Because she's a teacher, you know, so they're off during the summer usually. And she said, no, people are so mean. Somebody might do something to me. I said, well, anybody could, somebody could do something to you in your own backyard. You're going to let that stop you from living? And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, I just, I'd rather not. I don't want to go to those other countries and this and that happen. And I'm like, you need to look around you because those same things that are happening in other countries, they're happening right here in the U.S. But she chose the jungle of the U.S. because that's what she's familiar with. She knows the territory. Me and my mom, um, it's been a love and hate relationship. Because um, she doesn't under, she doesn't really get me. You know, I'm a free spirit. And she's more so, she likes routine. She likes comfort zones. She, she likes to stick to what she knows. Rarely can you get her to try anything new. Very rarely. I'm talking about a woman that's been wearing her hair in the same ponytail since I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know how she still has edges. I really don't. <laughs> She wears it in the same hairdo since I was a kid. That's how routine she is. And that's what I have to say to those of you who won't leave your comfort zones because you're too scared to. What kind of quality of life does a comfort zone really provide? Other than um, familiar... I can't talk familiarity <laughs> um what does it do for you what is it doing for you you know and let, let's talk on the basis of relationships this person treats you poorly they prove to you they don't love you with their actions but because you know them you're comfortable with them you just want to say you got somebody, you stay. When they're pulling from your energy, they're vamping you. They're taking because they know you're going to give. I've been in a relationship like this before. You know, and I thought, well, maybe if I give a little bit more, they could see it. And they kept pretending not to see my efforts. And I was just pouring so all of myself into this person. And they kept pretending not to see. They kept saying it didn't matter, this and that. And then, you know, my dumb self, if I, if I could go back, I would slap the hell out of myself. I was like, well, what do you need? Like, what, what do I need to do? Yes, me, the holy harlot. <laughs> Asked that question before. See, it's levels to this. It's levels to this. You can't just jump into stuff. Um, I did. I asked that question. And they gave me a list of things that they thought I needed to do or improve on to be a real woman in their eyes and I was insulted y'all I was so insulted <laughs> I was so insulted because not only was I the money maker the main money maker um I was um taking care of other things too I was basically the man of a relationship basically 
but they were telling me I wasn't woman enough. You know? And if you're wondering, yes, I was a dummy, and I tried to do those things. <laughs> don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me. But I'm judging me, because what the hell? Um, I did. I tried to do those things, and when I did them, I did them now, y'all. I did them to, to perfection. Do y'all know this fool sat there and still criticized me? And that's when I had had enough. I had had enough. And that's when I decided, you know what? That It's like that something snapped in me. And I finally saw my worth. I, I finally, it's like a wool had been pulled over my eyes and I kind of snatched it off in that moment. And I was like, you're not trying. And I told them, I said, you're not trying to see it, are you? They were like, what you talking about? I was like, you're, you're not trying to see everything that I'm doing because I've done every single thing that you asked and you're still playing with me. And then they bring back old stuff up. You know, I didn't do anything wrong other than um, be sick. <laughs> you know, I was sick during the time and they thought I was being lazy. And I'm like, no, I'm sick. Um, and that's just how bad it was. That's just how bad it was. But I wanted to stay in that relationship because it was a it was a comfort zone, even though I really wasn't comfortable. So you have to ask yourself, is your comfort zone actually comfortable? You know, and this could go for people who live paycheck to paycheck. Is it is that job actually comfortable? Because you're barely making ends meet. Is that comfortable? That's not a comfortable feeling. Is your comfort zone actually comfortable? The person you're with, do, are you actually comfortable or do you worry at any moment they're going to cheat on you? Are you worried that when they go out or they say they're staying out late that they're with someone else? Is it actually comfortable? It's usually not. It's just because you 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 are afraid of losing what you what little you have, even though you probably don't have anything at all. I've been there. Um, I didn't have nothing at all, but I was afraid of losing nothing. Isn't that funny? It's funny how we don't see our own BS. You literally have nothing. Like you, <laughs> the relationship is hanging on out of convenience because there there's some type of convenience for the other person and you know you have women I've been on both sides of the fence I've been a stupid one and I've been you know something like the side chick but you know I don't love these hoes so <laughs> I don't love these hoes so I was never like in a relationship when I was in the side chick role I was just like hey if you if you're gonna give me some money and you're gonna keep me kept then okay we can talk you know I was on that type of mess but I've been on both sides and I can honestly tell you that I see why hoes get married like I see why dudes want to marry the hoes you know because I used to be a good little Christian girl go to church go to all the meetings everything I was fully active in my church and I was so mad with God one time I was like Okay, I'm doing everything. How come I'm not married right now? Right? And that's that toxic stuff where our um, ancestors have programmed into us 
the ones who were colonized anyway, that you need someone to be happy instead of just being happy with yourself and allowing someone to come, you know, into your space to align with someone who deserves to be in your space. They teach us that if you don't have someone, then you're a failure. And that's not true. And that's the programming that I had to undo within myself because that's what they taught us. You know, I used to be a CNA and um, this lady who was a friend of my family, um, she said, girl, you are so pretty. You married? I was like, no, ma'am, I'm not married. She was like, why not? She was like, you better go ahead and get a man before you get old and ugly like me. And I was like, I mean, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny to me, but it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because I'm like, well... You know, it made me feel bad. Like, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why don't I have someone? You know, but the thing is, it made me feel weird for wanting to just chill by myself. You know, because I had those um, phases where I just wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to be with anybody. I just wanted to be by myself. You know, because I had just got done running around <laughs> And I'm telling you, I, w I was in them streets. I went in the streets. I was in the streets. And, you know, I, it's like I would get out of one situationship and hop right into another. Back to back. No time in between. Back to back. I had done that for like a year or more. And I just got tired. I was like, man, I want to be by myself. I need to get myself together. You know? But when I was by myself, I, I wasn't really working on my emotional and mental health. I was more so working on my physical health. You know, I was only working on one area of my life. And I thought because I was getting healthier, that that meant all my problems were solved. And it's like, no, you have to really choose um, different sections of your life to work on at once. I mean, not all at once, but one... Um, step at a time I had got my health in check I should have after that went into the mental health department because I, I had got my physical health I should have went into mental and emotional health but during that time I wasn't really spiritual or anything um, I was kind of dabbling in it but not fully I just knew I wasn't religious you know um, but I thought I, I had healed myself completely. And I learned now that I'm in spirituality that, no, it's layers. It has layers to this. It's, it's, it's levels to this. You know, I had only scratched the surface with my health. Um, because if you've been with me way before I even started my spiritual journey, you know that I had um, two autoimmune diseases. It was actually three. Um, but... The third one wasn't technically confirmed because the doctors didn't know what the hell to do or what kind of test was needed for it, but that's what they suspected. Um, but all the symptoms resonated. I had every last symptom of it. And they wanted to, one of them was hypothyroidism and they wanted to take my thyroid gland out. And I was like, no, you know, and they were like, well, we'll put you on this medicine and it's going to, um, you know, do what it do. And I was like, no, because I don't like to medicate. I don't like that. 
they were like well you're gonna be bedridden for six months to a year you know um but you'll recover with it and i said you know let me research it first so i researched it and the side effects of the medicine was way worse than actual hypothyroidism and at that time i was weighing in at 300 pounds i was i was obese it was going one of the side effects was that it was going to make my bones brittle 300 pounds and brittle bones no and I said, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to decline because that sounds dangerous to me. Because what if I, if I'm in bed for six months to a year already weighing 300 pounds, y'all would have seen me on my 600 pound life. You know, so Big Pharma set you up real quick. They were trying to set me up and I was like, no, I wasn't having it. Like my spirit, my spirit was adamant. It was like, no no that's not for you let's do some research so that's when i started looking up juicing and um vegetables and minerals and things like that and i end up losing that weight i end up losing that weight and i've kept it off you know i'm way more active now but that's what a comfort zone will do to you you know you'll get further and further and further into it those medicines wouldn't have been life-sustaining. They would have just made me comfortable. You know, as a CNA, they would give you morphine. Not to sustain your life, but to make you comfortable while you die. That's all it was. It's to make you comfortable. You die in comfort zones. Even if it's not a physical death, you, you can spiritually die in a comfort zone. And this is why you have a lot of people who seem like they're robots. Or like they have no soul. They have no spirit. Because they've been sucked dry. And they're going to have to wake up from that slumber. And they're going to have to reclaim their soul fragments to become whole again. And that's a whole journey in itself. It's an entire journey in itself. You know? And that's why I chose, you know, I just nothing traditional really resonated with me. And I couldn't figure that out as a child. Like, why am I so different? Like, why couldn't I just be made simple like everyone else? That's how I used to feel. But some of us, we, we were born the way that we were born. For a reason. Whatever that reason is, I'm sure you'll find out. But I never liked, um, I never, I, I was always a frugal person. You know, when my parents would come into money or whatever, um, I always chose the cheapest options of everything. My siblings would go balls to the wall with shopping. Me, I, I was considerate of them. I was like, well, they might want to save some money. So I'm going to get this. It's much cheaper and this and that. I sold myself short. I did. I was always considerate. I wore the same shoes from middle school to high school. The same shoes. I remember them. They were and ones <laughs> When and ones were uh, popular, I had a black pair. 
and I had some shacks. I don't know if y'all remember the shacks, but they were high top shack shoes. Um, I think they were white. Yeah, they were white. They were a white pair. Because I couldn't afford Air Force Ones. <laughs> so I got shacks and my parents wouldn't buy me Air Force Ones. I think they um I think they may have bought one of my siblings some. But like I told you, I always chose the cheaper option. So I chose shacks. I was like, well, they look the same to me, shoot. And it's cheaper. I'm saving money. So I've always been like that. <laughs> That's why I tell people I'm a cheapskate, but I realized, you know, um, I realized where that came from. You know, seeing my parents struggle financially um, because of lack of financial management skills. It's not that they didn't have money. They just didn't know how to manage it from, you know, what I'm looking at now, looking back on it. They didn't know how to manage it. But they were comfortable. But that comfortability was not really comfortable. <laughs> it really wasn't. You know, it's like, oh, well, we have a place to stay. We eat. That's good enough. And it's like, no. You know, ever so often we could afford um, a trip somewhere. Um, like we used to go to Kissimmee, Florida during the summers. Uh, I think we went maybe two, three summers. And then we took a trip to Georgia. Um, this was all my dad's idea because like I said, my mom, she's definitely someone who's in her comfort zone. She didn't want to go to um, Georgia and kind of had to talk her to get to Florida. And when we got to Florida, they really like her and my aunt, they, they wanted to do the same crap that they do in North Carolina. I was like, man, this is Florida. Let's go somewhere. These heifers. They wanted to go to Walmart. I was like, yo, we have Walmart in North Carolina. Can we go somewhere else? Like, that's that's just how they are, though. You know? I had fun. I loved Florida. You know, I even uh, lived there for a good year. About a year or two. I think it was a year, though. Yeah, about a year, year and a half. And then I moved. I move a lot. I do. Most people, you know, you, of course it's um, standard to sign a 12-month lease. But I always say um, try out a six-month lease. Because you might find that you actually don't like the area. You know, but, but then again, see, programming is a, it's a comfort zone too. We default to whatever we're conditioned to do, whatever we're programmed to do by default, even if it does not serve us, even if it goes against our own survival, our own um, wellness, you, you, you default to your programming. And most people think they have to sign a 12 month lease. And I'm like, no, you could do a month to month or you could do a six month. To test it out because I remember moving to an area I hated it I really hated it but I was stuck in a 12-month lease I had to break my lease and go find somewhere else but these people in North Dakota they didn't want to they claimed because um I was pregnant and you know North Dakota is cold I reported that my heater was not working they came out there several times and they never fixed it. 
they never fixed it and so i was like well i'm pregnant i can't be in no freezing cold apartment so one of our um one of our friends me and my child's father they had somewhere to go they um had to go back to their hometown for whatever reason and we're like hey um let us get your apartment you know while you're gone because they were going to be gone for a while and they didn't want to have to go through the whole breaking and lease process we're like yo we'll pay it and you know and so we gave notice to our apartment complex that we were leaving because there was no heat and they got upset and they made us have to pay rent both there i think we had like a few more months left we had to pay rent there and rent in a new apartment because they claim that we didn't give them enough notice to fix the heater and i was like three months that's not like that's how long it went on for three months i used to have to use the oven to heat the apartment And that's how I would stay warm, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to keep doing that. Because I'm paying for heat, so therefore it should be working. And so, um, yeah, we moved into another apartment where the heat worked a little too well. <laughs> there was a sauna in there. But you have to do something you, you, you've never done before to get where you've never been. You can do anything outside of science and law. Some things don't have to be unethical. You know, um, I was reading my, my um, natal chart. I was reading my natal chart. And it said that I could be, I like to manipulate things, you know, basically saying I could be manipulative. I took that as a negative, right? I was like, I don't manipulate nobody. I don't even, I don't mess with people like that. So who am I manipulating? You know, other than, you know, people who come into my space with the wrong energy. And if I want to play with you, I'm going to play with you. But I don't manipulate people. I don't have the time. I don't have that type of time. But then... I started meditating and my source self started speaking to me and it let me know, no, you can manipulate things into your favor. It doesn't have to be unethical. It does not have to be from malicious intent. You can manipulate things. That's what you do. You're, you're fucking alchemist. You manipulate energy. You can bend things. You're bending law and science to work in your favor. You're shifting things around because it's your reality. It's your reality. And you get to say what that reality is. You do not have to settle for default programming. See, this is the thing. You have a life script and that's your default programming. You can break free from that. You can change it at any time. See, the life script is just to keep the game going. That's all it is. It's to keep the game going. And this is why people rebel against you so hard when you 
act outside of your life script because that wasn't what you're supposed to do and they don't know how to handle that they don't know how to respond to that because they're programmed to be how they're meant to be so let's say you have abusive parents that's their programming and they haven't figured out how to come out of that programming but you 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 notice something ain't right you start questioning things you know and then it matter of fact better than that christianity let's talk about it okay because it never made sense to me how one god can work in both favor of the slave and the slave masters but anyway let's get to it right um the slave masters they use the bible to basically program the slaves to believe hey this is why you're a slave and this is why you have to obey me and here we go again, you know, Christianity, Christian, uh, Christianity today, black people still worshiping that same God, that same God that allowed them to be enslaved and continue to be enslaved. Just because you don't see the chains and shackles does not mean that they aren't there. It's called the comfort zone. They made it more comfortable for you. If you don't see it, then you you don't you 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 think you're free because you don't see it. But it's in your mind. Those shackles are in your mind. Those chains are in your mind. You're part of the chain gang if you can't have your own thoughts. If you're not an independent thinker, if you are afraid to be a critical thinker and question information you're part of the chain gang you're a part of that hive mindedness where everybody has to think alike where no one is allowed to have an opinion you're part of that chain gang that's what you are y'all all link up it's called group think i talked about this months ago group think any person who dares to be an individual in a group setting, they're ostracized, they're condemned, they're made fun of. Because it's like, oh, how dare you be different? Look at you. You know, it's kind of like in the black community. It's like when you do something and they tell you you're trying to be white. That's what it's like. That's what group think is. You know, because I used to, as a kid, I used to have little tea parties. And I used to, um, I was bougie. I used to make little parfaits and things like that. I always liked to do it. And, you know, I had a sibling come like, oh, you trying to be white. That's what white people do. It's like, no, it's what people with class do. You know, and I had to, you know, send him on his way. Like, you trying, you just trying to be white. That's what groupthink is. You're not allowed to be you. You have to be like everyone else. Because if everyone is special, that's just a backhanded way of saying no one is. You know, and that's why they try to push down people's throats. Oh, we're all special. We're all this. We're all winners. We're, you know, and to a certain extent, that's true. But you have to really tap into the intent behind that. Most of it is to basically say that no one is. 
Because if we're all the same, then that means you're cutting off limbs of yourself. Parts of you that make you different. You're disowning who you are. You're disowning those parts of you. You're disowning those soul fragments. You're disempowering yourself. There's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with being you. You have to be who you are. You know, it's kind of like that Trolls movie. Um, What is it called? Is it called World Tour? Something like that. I love the message in that movie. It's like, yeah, we're all different, but together we make beautiful music. It's nothing wrong with being different. It's nothing wrong with there being different groups of people. As long as when we all come together, we can be, you know, civilized at least without ripping each other's heads off. It's nothing wrong with that. But you got to get out of that comfort zone. You got to go live. Go experience life and see just how beautiful the world is. Go see just how different other cultures are. And at the same time, how alike they are. It's a beautiful feeling. It opens your mind up. Anything you set your eyes on is not, it doesn't go unaffected. Because you're bringing more knowledge into your into your awareness. And the more that you become aware of, the more you can see. The more you can feel. But some people, they refuse to go outside of that comfort zone. You know, like people, it's so like, and don't get me wrong. It's okay to be all for your culture. I'm definitely for mine. But I appreciate other cultures too. I love me some damn Mexican food. I really do. The vegan stuff, you know. <laughs> but I do. And I love um, Asian food. I love all types of food. I'm not going to just sit and eat, you know, soul food. I love all types. But some people are really so... I don't know, they're, they're so stuck on them that they don't, they don't try to appreciate others. It's like, no, I'm not going to support this because I'm going to eat my own culture's food. And it's like, okay, but you're really missing out. You're missing out on some dope-ass food. Because I love to eat. <laughs> I really do. I'm not going to be so self-centered that I cut off connection with others. You know, because we're sociable creatures. We like to be sociable. We like to connect. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of people out there who want to have a mate or a partner or a spouse. It's nothing wrong with that. Don't let people, you know, make you feel guilty for wanting to share yourself with someone else. If that's what makes you happy, if that's what speaks to you, do it. You know, align yourself. Just make sure you're dating for you and not the other person. 
when you get dressed, you wear what makes you feel good. Not what you think the other person wants to see you in. You don't even know them. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to do a um, an episode on the dating market. I've been meaning to get to that one. Um, so I'm going to do that one. Um, maybe later in the week. Probably later in the week. But um, yeah, I just want to let you know, you know, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. You can be comfortable and live if you choose to. It doesn't have to be either or. You can bend science and law into your favor without malicious intent. You know, I see girls who put men in honey jars or try to put their period blood in their spaghetti all the time. And it's like, girl, really? If you have to do all that, you ain't, I'm sorry, but... your energy must not be attracted you're not magnetic you know and I see girls that brag about that I'm like if you have to do that you're not magnetic you're doing that to make up for the fact that your energy is not magnetic enough to attract someone to you on their on your own there are women who can just walk into a room and bam every hurt every head is turning Every head is turning. And it's some women walking around, nobody notices. Like, oh, how long you been here? Oh, I've been here the whole time. Oh, for real? I thought you just got in here. There's a difference. You know, it's been plenty of times I sat in a room and I've really tried my hardest to blend into the background. I don't know what it is, but people will turn right around and look me dead in the face. Because I'm a wallflower. I'm a sick with my back against the wall you know just for safety reasons because i want to see people before they see me and usually people are more so looking out into the center of the room rather than you know the wall and so i like to observe because i like to know who i'm around and i like to know my environment but people will turn around with me dead in my face like and i've heard you know um It was one guy in New York came up. It was like, I just felt some energy and I turned around and there you were. I'm like, and all I was doing was just on my little phone laughing at whatever the hell I was laughing at. You know, you got to work on your own energy. But like I said, people, they get stuck in those comfort zones. They get stuck using root work or, you know, any type of magical system. To do the work for them instead of just doing the work on them on their damn selves and that's the problem people are lazy you don't want to put in the work to experience the life that you can have for yourself you rather use some other tool or some other person's energy and live through that magic won't solve everything because when you put them in the honey jar if they don't fucking love you They're not going to love you. Actually, it can really turn deadly. They can become abusive. Whereas before, you weren't really on their radar. You know, like they weren't really thinking about you like that. But now it's like, oh, you know what? She's the perfect prey. I'm going to beat her ass. It could happen like that. I've seen that. I've seen so many girls come back with those types of stories. Oh, well... I binded him to me. I put him in a honey jar. I did this. I did that. 
and bam, it turns deadly. It turns very fucking deadly. Because you're stuck in your little comfort zone. You don't want to actually go out or better yet, go within and do the work it takes to fill those voids within yourself because you're so comfortable living through other people, having other people supply those things to you instead of you empowering yourself and be self-sustaining. You rely on other people's energy and that's some vamp stuff. That's some vamp shit. It's codependency. Codependency. You really suck people dry. When I was codependent, it just seemed like I wore out my welcome with people so fast. And it really hurt my feelings when no one wanted to be around me. But then I realized I really was an energy drainer. I used to look at my old journals before I um, threw them away. I wouldn't have wanted to be around me. And I was reading it like, what the hell was wrong with me? Like, what the fuck? I wouldn't have wanted to be around me. So just because your comfort zone may be comfortable comfortable for you, that's not mean it brings comfort to other people. When I'm around somebody, I want them to feel like home to me. I want to, I want to feel at ease with them. Who can feel at ease with someone who's going to try to just hook themselves into you and drain you dry? No. You know, and I get some people who say, well, I don't have any friends. And the first thing I want to ask is, well, why not? Not that you need friends, but I want to know why you don't have any. Because if you're saying you don't have any, you're implying that, you know, there's a lot that's being implied there. It's like, I need someone to talk to and I want someone to talk to, but I don't have anyone to talk to. And it's like, well, why not? You know, and it's different. Um, very, um, there's different things that could, that could be going on. You know, maybe you live in a town where you, you know, you just move somewhere and you don't know nobody. But then it's like, well, what about your friends from your old town? But if you literally going through life and you don't know nobody, you know, even though I, I, I'm a loner, I'm a lone wolf and I hang to myself. I still have friends that I can call to get an opinion from. Like, hey, I need your opinion on something. I can still do that. But when you literally have no one, you really have to, you have to dig deep and understand why. Why are you shutting people out? Or what is it about you that repels people? Because when you're comfortable being in your little funk, you cannot hold people prisoner to that. Just because you want to attach to me does not mean I want to be attached to you. No, it doesn't work like that. So you have to understand how you're affecting other people. How you being comfortable with who you are affects other people. And if you're comfortable with who you are, 
cool. But don't ex- don't expect me to accept your bare minimum. Like, oh well, I've been like this. I'm gonna live with my mama forever. Not saying there's anything wrong with you know living with your parents because a lot of cultures do that. Um, yeah, a lot of cultures do that, you know, or they move their parents in with them, whichever. It it really doesn't matter. But you know, y'all know those bomb types, like it's one thing to live with your parents, but it's like, what are you doing to kind of help your parents out? You know, I'm talking about those ones that just leech off of their parents, not contributing anything. Just leeching off of them, being lazy. And it's like, oh, well, you know, if we're going to date, like we're going to need our own place. It's like, nah, man, we can live with my parents. We ain't got to pay rent. We ain't got to do this. We ain't got to do that. And it's like, wait, no, like, I want my privacy. Like, you know, what if we decide to have a family? Your parents' home isn't big enough. Well, we can make room, you know, do this, do that. No. If you're that type of person, okay, cool. That If that's your cap, if that's where you're capping out at, in life, cool. That's for you. It's not for me. You know, and, and then <laughs> those types, uh, y'all, I have, I have dated these types before. And the first thing they're saying, all right, then, leave me like everybody else did. That is their number one line, and I do not know why. But <laughs> it's, um, I, I know it's a guilt thing to try to guilt you to stay like, oh, you always, you know, everybody give up on me. That's why I am the way that I am. I want you to understand that shit don't work. That shit is not an excuse. It's not cute. It's not cute. Oh, that's why I'm, I am the way that I am because people do this, people do that. Stop being a victim. Stop being a victim. Life, you are not special. Life did not choose you and only you to give a tough life to. Take some responsibility in what you did and and why people acted that way towards you because now. If everybody left you, and I take that as a red flag, when they say, I leave me like everybody else did, give up on me like everybody else did. If everybody else is giving up on you, that means you gave up on you first. And you're trying to free float through life by using other people's energy. You didn't drain the fuck out of them, and now you expect them to stay No, ma'am, no, sir. You cap out at wherever you cap out at. But that's not, no. Your cap is my floor. I need you to reach my ceiling. I don't have a problem with people being who they are. But the moment you try to project that, your limitations onto me and act like I'm supposed to accept that, no. No. Life don't work like that. I don't accept comfort zones. You have to be willing to grow with me. Whether you are a friend, a lover, whatever the hell you are to me. If you're going to be in my space, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because I'm going to expect growth. Because I expect growth from myself. I do daily shadow work. I have to check myself daily. 
especially if I see something and I feel some type of way about it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, what, what is this about? Why is this, why does this upset you? Why are you so bothered? Why are you triggered? I have to do that with myself. I read myself. I have no mercy on myself when it comes to my shadow work. So if you think you're going to come around me in my space and do the bare minimum and not hold yourself accountable or not even try to be emotionally mature about anything, no, you got to go. I have standards. I have boundaries. And most people, they get fucked over because they don't have boundaries. Excuse my language, y'all. I'm going to stop cussing one day. But they don't have boundaries. Just because you're a good person. That's not mean all all good things are going to happen to you. That's a lie. It's okay to be a good person, but you need to have boundaries set up. It's okay to be a giving person, but you need to have boundaries set up. Because you'll have fools out here telling you to give give them the shirt off your back. And it's freezing cold. What are you going to wear? What about you? they truly cared about you in the way that they said they would, they would never ask you to put yourself in danger like that. See, it's not what people say, it's what they don't say. It's not what they do, it's what they don't do. You, you, gotta, you, you gotta notice the implied stuff. It's cold. They didn't prepare for the weather properly, but they're asking for your tools and supplies. Basically saying, you, you know, basically saying you, you are going to supply for them anyway. Why do I need to work this hard when you going to do it? Why do I need to prep for this? Why do I need to put my money, spend my money, buy this when you going to buy it anyway? And I could just use yours for free. That's what they're saying. It's vamp shit. No, it's disrespectful. It is totally disrespectful. They don't appreciate you. They appreciate the benefits they get from you without having to reciprocate that in that energy. That's not a friend. And you have become an enabler. I know people love that feel-good, fake positivity stuff where, oh, well, I give all this and that. And then they get mad because they chose to give so much. Knowing they didn't get anything, they weren't going to get anything in return. No, you become, there's, there's a difference between being a good person and being an enabler. It's a very fine line between the two. Some people do give and they don't expect anything in return because that's just who they are. I'm one of those people. If I loan you money, I'm not, I'm really not looking. I'm not going to loan out nothing that I'm going to need back anyway. So if I give it to you, I ain't really checking for it. I mean, it'd be nice if you pay me back, but I'm not really checking for it. But you got some people who they give just to keep you around it's not that they're giving they're paying you to stay around so let's call that out you're not giving you're paying someone to stay around that's what you're subconsciously doing 
Oh, if I keep giving this and keep giving this, they're, they're going to be my friend. They're going to love me. You're paying for affection. You are, you know, I know people be talk, putting down um, sex workers and stuff, but technically that's what you're doing. You're, you're a John. You're a trick. You're paying somebody for affection. You can find the trick and prostitute relationship in a lot of rela- regular, regular relationships. You really can. Anytime you have to spend your energy to keep someone around, and that's the intent, when you're dependent, on them staying around so that's what you're giving your energy to them for you're a john you're a trick you tricking <laughs> the other person is pretty much the prostitute it's like oh, okay you paying me for my time you paying me for this fake affection all right i'll give you that fantasy and trust me i, I know about giving fantasies I've been there, done that. That's what you're doing. But then it's the same people who have the nerve to shame sex workers. And it's like, well, at least I know the terms and conditions up front. At least it's, everything is assumed. Everything is implied. Everything is, in, you know, it, it, it's out there. But you got some people that's trying to be slick. They'll give you all this stuff because they need you to stay. Because they they get their energy from you 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 supply something that they lack in themselves and the minute you get tired of you know feeling like you're in a prison feeling like you're obligated to fulfill this person important to their cup all the time you know what line they gonna hit you with wow i do all i did all this for you they gonna bring up every single thing that they did for you every single thing and you know what I, I this is what I do when people do that to me. I hit them with, well, okay, that right there that you did for me. What what were you paying? What what did you do it for? You you were paying for something. What did I supply that you needed that made you give me that? That's what it was. That's what I ask. What exactly were you paying me for? Why'd you give it to me? Because if we kicking it like that, if we're chilling like that, then you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and keep tabs on what I do for you. I, I need things to naturally flow. I'm not keeping tabs on you. But some people, those who keep tabs, you, you need to ask, well, what exactly were you paying me for? Because that's what they did. They paid you for something. It, it's not a gift. Don't get it twisted. It's not a gift. You, you, you were being paid for something. There was an energy exchange, something you didn't consent to, something you didn't ask for. You got to watch people like that because they'll literally do it for some ulterior, um, shoot, I really cannot talk today. (laughs) They'll do it for some other motive. It's a motive behind it. And those are the people that I watch out for. 
when there is a motive behind the giving. And usually it's so that they can throw in your face what they do for you. Because it's a way to cycle your, you know, to um, keep you in that cycle, keep you in that loop, keep you in that experience. You get caught up in it. And they, they, they anchor you with guilt. Oh, well, dang, they did do all this for me. Or, or that, that toxic loyalty. Wow, we've been friends for 20-some years. You switching up on me. You changing. No, I'm evolving. You should try it. What anchor do people have in you? You feeling guilty because you got to leave old friends behind? You feeling guilty because you've known this person for 20, 30 years and they don't resonate with you anymore and you feel like if you end the friendship, then you're being shady because y'all been friends for so long. People are not entitled to you. You are not an object. You are not a possession. You are a source, sovereign, free being. No one has a right to you. It is a privilege to experience you. It's not a right. They're not entitled to you. Know who you are. And know who you are not. You are not that person from 20 or 30 years ago. You're a brand new person now. You're not that person. That person made that deal with them. Not this new person that has been birthed. And that's how you get you get stuck in your past. That's how people trick you into staying in the past. And then you keep suffering these same karmic cycles because you won't do what you know you need to do. You need to let that person go. Or you need to leave that city. You need to leave that job and move on to better things. But you won't because of this this toxic loyalty because of this shame this guilt this fear those are choices you're choosing that i don't want to hear any excuses trust me i've had all those excuses every excuse you could think of i've had well just about you know because i haven't lived everybody's life but i've had quite a few excuses And when I got rid of those excuses and I just did the damn thing, I set a bar for myself. I couldn't make any more excuses. I can't say, oh, well, I'm scared. This or this or that. Okay. Well, then live scared. Live scared then. So, do you want to be comfortable? Or do you want to live? I'll see y'all next time.